When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Well, we got an interesting one coming up this weekend. Sunday, 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 1 o'clock kickoff. Finally, a 1 p.m. kickoff on Sunday this week for the Patriots. We'll get into that in just a minute or two. But first, this episode brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. And AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. Greg, I always kind of start with this question for you. Big picture stuff, getting into a matchup. Just your thoughts on uh, the one and one Jets versus the zero and two Patriots. Yeah, Nick, I, um, I'm in kind of a difficult spot. I'm not usually here. I, I, I don't know what to expect on Sunday. I, you know, I really don't. I think that, um, you know, you look at the Jets, they sort of had like a Patriots-like victory uh, in overtime against the Bills to open up the season. Like I've said before, you know, week one is week one. I sort of tossed that out the window. Um, it's because you're not sure what you're going to get. They get the punt return in overtime to beat them. Um, and then in week two, they were thoroughly dominated on the road um, by the Cowboys. And, you know, the most surprising thing was that the Jets defense, you know, couldn't get the Cowboys off the field. I mean, they gave up almost 400 yards of total offense, 134 yards rushing. Um, but obviously there's the whole Zach Wilson thing at quarterback. And, you know, when I look, when I take a look at big picture of where the Patriots are, you know, right now, especially off of what happened against the Dolphins, and you can look at the final score and say, oh, well, they were close and, you know, they make a play here and a play there. I you know, we could say that about just about any Patriots game. But, you know, the the truth of the matter was that game came down to the Patriots got whooped in the trenches. They Their offensive line was terrible. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't protect well enough. And the defensive line had, you know, a really tough time with the Dolphins. You know, their, their running game, getting anywhere near Tua. They couldn't marry coverage. Well, they didn't really play coverage for a while until the score was out of out of reach. But they played back, which allowed Tua, you know, plenty of time to just, you know, in two seconds distribute the ball, sort of like a point guard in basketball. And, and so, you know, to me, to me, Nick, this this game is all about the trenches for the Patriots on both sides. This is this is a gut check game. I mean, they have to play well up front. I mean, they they are out of time. Owen through Owen three would just about be a death sentence, not totally, but when you're looking at going to Dallas the next week and their their offensive line is arguably the best in the league and their their pass rush is probably the best in the league with Micah Parsons. And so, you know, the stand for this Patriots team has to start on Sunday. It has to start in the trenches. They have to be able to run the ball against – and I know the Jets are good, but and I know they've had issues, guys in and out of the lineup. And, you know, Cole Strange and Michael Wenn, who just came back last week, and Trent Brown was out last week, and he should be back this week. And I understand all that stuff. 
but you know, there, there's no, there's no more margin for error. They have to play well on offensive line. And then on the defensive line, they have to whoop the jets up front because if they don't, if the jets are able to run the ball, I mean, it's, it's going to be no secret to what they want to do with Zach Wilson underneath center and a quarterback. They're going to want to stay balanced. They're going to want to keep him out of really tough down and distance situations where he tends to lose his mind and turn the ball over. And so the Patriots offense and defensive lines, they have to win this game for this team or else they're staring at 0-3, 0-4 in the face. Trenches, trenches, trenches. I agree with you. We'll get into more detail on that in just a couple of minutes. I don't expect either offense to explode on Sunday. It's not going to be that type of game. And it is a crucial game for the Patriots. I don't like using the must-win third game of the year. I just, you know, we've seen teams go on runs. Not telling you the Patriots are capable of a let's win 10 out of the next 13 kind of run. But uh, I wouldn't go that far with these guys. But, uh, you know, the must-win, but it's a huge difference. 0-3 going to Dallas, as you mentioned. If you're 1-2 going to Dallas, even if you finish at 1-3, many of us had them 1-3 through the first four games. And then you could. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you could actually chart a pathway where the Patriots after week six are three and three. And when you look at the rest of the AFC, there's only two teams that have two wins right now, Miami and Baltimore. So at three and three, you're still in the conversation. So crucial game. But before we get you know into the details of this game, we mentioned trenches. We mentioned offensive line. You mentioned Trent Brown, who, of course, was out last week with a concussion. Uh, a story about Brown this week, Greg, was that he got paid. And he got his incentives. And and you and I talked about this going back a few months ago, that Trent Brown, final year of his contract, somebody who hasn't always been the most motivated cat in the world, would the Patriots take care of him and give him the opportunity of making more money? Well, that's what they've done. About $2 million in incentives. We'll talk about that. Also, Adam Schefter in his tweet about this negotiation and this kind of restructuring included Matt Groh's name, which struck Many people, as kind of weird. Usually when you have a restructuring, I don't think they did this when Matthew Judon restructured. Maybe they did. You know, you have to go back and look at those tweets. But usually when it's a simple incentive thing, you don't really include who helped get the deal done, but Shafter did. So first, Greg, your thoughts on the Trent Brown incentive package and the deal. And then secondly, Schefter, including Matt Groen in his post. Yeah, I, you know, look, I, I think this was um, something smart to do. Trent Brown, like Matthew Judon, obviously took issue with their contract. And certainly Judon had a better case. Um, Trent Brown, you know, was close. I mean, he basically had the Patriots over a barrel. I mean, especially after what we've seen uh, of their tackle position outside of Trent Brown so far. And, um, you know, I know there's been some discussion about, and the timing definitely looks dubious that Trent Brown, who didn't leave the opening game, has a concussion after the game, doesn't play, doesn't practice, and then suddenly he's given his contract is tweaked and now he's back. You know, you can raise the question. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. I mean, you know, and and some of it is, you know. Any head issues are, you know, they're they're taboo. You don't want to talk about them. You don't want to um, shame anybody. Uh, but you know, I think I think this was coming in any event. I think the timing just happened to be the timing. And a lot of guys get uh, develop concussion 
symptoms after games. Like once they go home or the next day, you see that right. a lot yeah. in yep. football. Um, but, you know, that macros name was attached to this by Adam Schefter. That was definitely noteworthy. And, um, you know, I'm not sure what to make of it. Um, do I think this is um, starting any sort of transition with the Patriots about, uh, you know, how, how they're going to do things? Not necessarily because, you know, Matt Patricia's names was on a lot of contracts when he was doing things, um, you know, but it, it I think in, in the whole tapestry of where the Patriots are right now, um, you know, losing seasons two out of the last three years, they're off to an 0-2 start. Uh, they've lost seven of their last nine of only beating the Cardinals and, you know, Skylar Thompson in those two wins. Um you know, there definitely seems to be some things going on behind the scenes to uh, to sort of assure people that, um, you know, things are being taken care of. And and, you know, it's not just it's not just Belichick. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. That's two hundred dollars in bonus bets. Win or lose. I love those little suckers, those little bonus bets. It's like free money. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in mass. Hope is here. First online real wager only. $10 first deposit. Required bonus issued at non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. That there are other people involved with what's going on with the Patriots. Yeah, and you and I have talked about this. I think we talked about it last pod, uh, and we'll continue to talk about it. This year is the litmus test for Belichick, and he's trying to prove to the rest of the league, hey, I don't have to play your game. I play my game. And if it doesn't work out for him, he's, he's to blame. You know, I, I did a whole segment on my podcast yesterday about Patriots losing close games. And, you know, some will some will point to Max, some will point to Belichick. So if you're doing the blame pie, to me, it's easily Belichick. Easily Belichick gets more of the blame for losing these close games. And there's several reasons why, you know, fourth down decisions, going for field goals he shouldn't have, just weird decision-making in fourth quarters in close games that that he has made uh, from time to time. The fact that, you know, this offense is structured with a very limited ceiling. We've talked about that before. I just, I think, you know, the, the offensive staff last year and really hurting your chances to even compete against good teams last season. So, I put it on Belichick and I'm not sitting here telling you that he needs to lose his job right now, but if this season continues to go down this road and we're looking at a five or six win team, yeah, absolutely. The conversation needs to be had and uh, something needs to change. And the guy who should be the most accountable is the guy who runs the program. And, you know, from, from being the personnel guy to the head coach, he's made a ton of errors the last three or four years. Since Brady left, that's just – it's fact. that That's what's happened. All right, let's look at the uh, injury report. Just want to run through what's going on right now. Greg, get your thoughts if anything jumps out at you. Marcus Jones did not practice with that shoulder. 
He didn't look good walking off the field on Sunday. Looked like he was holding it in place, which usually means broken shoulder, broken clavicle. Bro- usually means something's going on when you're holding your shoulder the way he was. Uh, so Marcus Jones, let's start there, did not practice. We should not anticipate seeing him this week and maybe at least for a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, um, yeah, I would agree with that. And But I will note that that he hasn't been put on IR yet, um, you know, one way or the other, either seasoning. I, my, my fear when I saw the play and the way he reached out to tackle the ball carrier on that, my immediate reaction was torn pectoral muscle. Um, Ooh, yeah. Yep. And that's that's season ending for for anybody. Yeah. And normally that comes out like right after the game so that or at least the next day, the next couple of days. And, you know, while the Patriots, we know they they manipulate their injuries, you know, any way they want to. So maybe they're just buying some time to do it. But normally in their course of action, if it was a torn pectoral muscle and he was down for the season, they would have moved him to IR already that they didn't do that. Sounds like it's some sort of shoulder separation dislocation type of thing and it's and normally in those circumstances you got to see you know once the swelling goes down once he reacts for a couple days because marcus jones is a young player and everybody heals at a different rate so you know while i i think it's almost impossible for him to play this week that they haven't made a move yet and it's thursday at 115 um, at least indicates that it's not catastrophic and season ending for him, which would uh, which would be really good. Let's run down the limited list because there, there's not really many surprises. There's actually one that might surprise some people. Look, Trent Brown, questionable concussion. City So, questionable concussion. Of course, you've got Jonathan Jones with the ankle. He's questionable. He was limited. Uh, Michael Wenu was limited with his ankle. Cole Strange with his knee. Uh, Devontae Parker with his knee. The one that stood out and is the new name on the list is Christian Barmore. And just, Greg, you, you, have you heard anything about Barmore? It's a knee. It's it's listed as a knee. Have you heard anything about him? And and really, what have you seen from him through the first two games? Because to my non-expert eye, he has not popped really at all or at least enough. I mean, I guess week one he was – I'll take that back. Week one he was, I think, third in defensive tackle – win rate so he he did kind of pop against philly but have you been okay with what barmore's looked like through the first two weeks as far as his injury um from what i understand this is just sort of maintenance for him and and you know this is something this knee thing is something that has bothered him for a while dating back to at least last season i don't think it's overly serious but you never know it could it could be really swollen this week and and put him down for this game. I, I really hope not. As far as his play this season, Nick, it's sort of been a continuation of what we saw in the summer. And um, everybody knows that uh, for the past couple of years, I've been, you know, even his rookie season. I mean, I've been extremely high in Christian Barmore. I've held out hope that he could be uh, one of those, at least as a pass rusher, uh, one of those dominating inside guys because he is he has he has quickness and and he has power that is a big problem for centers and guards in this league. But he had a very nondescript summer. Um, you know, unfortunately, that has continued into the season. I mean, he's been fine, and you know the 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 pass rush win rate. You know, I don't know. I'm kind of dubious about that 
that statistic and it's like, all right, well, okay, fine. He might've beat the guy, but was he in the right place? I mean, he just, bottom line is he hasn't made many plays. And, uh, you know, this, like we talked about with the defensive line against the Jets offensive line in this game, you know, he's one of these guys, they, they have to raise their level. They have to be a lot better. Devon Godchow wasn't good in the last game. Christian Barmore wasn't good in the last game. Matthew Judon's doing, you know, stuff. You know, you'd like to see more from Keon White. I mean, he was, he was, he was great in the first game. He was fine in this game. You know, the the Dolphins' offense, I think, was probably eye opening for a rookie like him dealing with some of the stuff that he had to um, on the edge. This will be a lot, um, a, a lot more simple thing to deal with in the, with the Jets' offense. But yeah, but I mean. You know, look, Nick, how many times have we talked about this that, you know, over the past couple of years, like the Patriots, um, you know, have a really good like middle of their roster. They don't have much on the top. And those guys who are in the middle or towards the, the, the top middle, you know, those guys have to take step forward for this team to be good and to contend for anything. And Barmore's one of those guys that you look at and you're like, all right, this week against the Jets, I know it's probably going to be tough going against Elijah Vera Tucker, but if you get some other matchups in there, these guys got to start winning. Barmore's got to start winning. He's got to be impactful. It can't just be Judon. It can't just be Uche once in a while in passing situations. You know, it's got to be all of them, especially in the front seven. And it would be huge if if Barmore can stay on the field and start doing anything. But, you know, if you're just judging off what he's done to this point from offseason camps to now, I don't know if you should have a whole lot of hope that he's going to take a step forward this season because he hasn't done it like ever this season. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help fuel you up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I gotta say, one note on this, the delivery process that they do is unbelievable. First of all, I got an email saying like, be on the lookout for it when it was delivered. You go out there, you open it up, it's this little cooler with three freezer packs inside, the freezer packs hadn't even like melted. Like it was, it, it was ready to go. You could tell that it was fresh. These guys know what they're doing. Too busy to cook this fall, but want to make sure you're eating well. With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, the prepping, the cleaning too, while still getting flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's never frozen fresh meals are ready to, in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy and get back to crushing your goals. I love, this was my favorite one, loaded bacon shredded chicken with sauteed spinach, green beans, and ranch sour cream. This only has 650 calories. I got the keto option to keep with my diet. There are so many options over there. Basically anything you wanna do in terms of dietary restrictions, they can do it. You gotta check it out. Head to factormeals.com slash Bedard50 and use code 50 to get 50% off. That's code Bedard50, B-E-D-A-R-D-5-0 at factormeals.com slash Bedard50 to get 50% off. Got to give it a try. That's a great deal. Give it 
one try and I'm telling you, you're gonna be one over. Make sure you check them out at factormeals.com slash Bedard50. All right, we'll stick with the defense here, Greg. When we look at this matchup between the defense and the Jets offense, Zach Wilson, of course, is now the starting quarterback. Uh, Starting with the defensive line, you've kind of highlighted some things as far as winning in the trenches. What do you see from the Jets offensive line? How do you feel about these different matchups that we're going to see between Jets O-line, Pat's D-line? Okay, so you know, just looking back to to last season's matchups and sort of what I wrote about the, them, um, you know, the the Patriots got incredible pass rush against the Jets in both matchups last year. Um, you know, the second one they had forty three percent pressure rate. The first one they had almost forty percent. I mean, you know, it, it, and we saw what the defense was able to do against the Jets in both those matchups. That's going to have to happen again. They have to pressure Zach Wilson when they get the opportunity, um, you know, at a 40% clip. I mean, that's just got to happen in this game. Now, you know, you look at the Jets offensive line and I was just looking at the PFF um, offensive line rankings and the Jets are 21st in the league and the Patriots are 24th in, in offensive line rankings. And, you know, when you look at their personnel across the board, um, you know, Dwayne, old man Dwayne Brown is at left tackle. He's ancient. He's not that good. Lakin Tom, Tomlinson is at uh, left guard. He's not that good. Connor McGovern is not any good at center. Uh, Vera Tucker is the right guard. He's good. He, yeah. he he's he's excellent. And then you have Makai Becton, who is supremely talented and a big dude, but has not played well at this point. I mean, the Jets' offensive line. They have, um, and I saw this stat from what it, Pro Football Talk said, or Pro Football Focus said, the Jets ranked dead last in the NFL in pass blocking efficiency after allowing 19 pressures on 33 blocking snaps in week two. I mean, they, and, and week one was just about the same. My, my I mean, God. They, they, I mean, if you think the Patriots offensive line can't pass block, like the Jets have been even worse. And so, you know, when you when you see that when you see how the patriots you know won both their matchups against the jets last year and it was very close and it was defensive oriented and the games were boring as hell until you know marcus jones returned a punt for a for a game winning touchdown against the jets you know they the, the patriots have to whip the jets up front and and the, the what the nightmare scenario for the patriots is that they can't do it that guys like Godshaw, Godshaw and Barmore and, you know, Wise and got, ho- hopefully they don't play Ekawale anymore against the run, but th- that those guys can't get off their blocks, that they can't affect the game, that the linemen are able to get up on the linebackers. And all of a sudden the running game, the, I mean, Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook are legit number one running backs, both of them. And they, I mean, you know, if you're the Jets and you're game planning for the Patriots, you got to be like, we're gonna we're gonna try to run the ball, and and we're not gonna let Zach Wilson do anything. And you know, that's a path to victory for them. I mean, if if the Patriots are sloppy up front on their defensive line and with their linebackers and with their run fits, you know, and they allow the Jets, Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, to do what they do, 
that's the path, and that's a nightmare scenario where they can't get off the the field. All of a sudden, the Jets are taking shot plays when the Patriots are being aggressive. Like th- that's what I talk about when I talk about the Patriots have to dominate up front. They have to stop the running game. They have to make the Patri- uh, the Jets one dimensional. They have to get pressure when they do get in that circumstance, and the matchup dictates that. But the Patriots have to go out and do it. Like you know, you know, the Eagles and the Dolphins were tough matchups. And they gave up some stuff. But this matchup, they have to win. No doubt. Uh, just a few kind of uh, stats and thoughts to highlight some of the things that you were saying and, and push back on, on on one or two things. But before I do that, uh, we do have an update from the practice field. Marcus Jones, not on the practice field. It's not a surprise. But City So is not on the practice field. Of course, he had the concussion along with Trent Brown. Brown is out there. City So is not. So, um, relatively speaking, pretty damn healthy for the team this week with those two guys not being there. Uh, Devon Godchow is back on the field, uh, most likely had to do with a personal situation. Congratulations. I believe uh, Godchow just had a new baby in the world that was uh, that was delivered. So congrats to him. All right, just go, go back on the Patriots defense versus Jets offense. I've got a stat for you here, Greg. Uh, the Patriots pass rush has to eat. And I mean like just feast. Warren Sharp. I believe Greg's a fan. I'm a fan. Warren does great work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he posted today. I-, I want people to absorb this number. The Jets offensive line has allowed 52% pressure without the opposition blitzing. Just straight up, straight up pass rush. My D line against your D line. 52% of the time it's resulted in pressures. That is God awful. Um, the Jets have not committed to the run. Now, some of that was score last week against the Cowboys. It got out of hand, but part of that is also they're managing Brees Hall coming back from the injury. Uh, I don't know if it's a, a because he wasn't part of the preseason. He didn't have a camp, but Dalvin Cook has not looked very good. He hasn't been productive, and he hasn't looked necessarily fast or explosive. Again, that might just be him getting his feet underneath him. I'm not going to rule it out that you know he, he gets it going a little bit here. And when you look at Zach Wilson, which – there's been a lot of talk about Zach Wilson this week, and rightfully so. Uh, he has been pressured against the Patriots, pressured 46% of his dropbacks. So, you know, the, the Patriots know how to get pressure on him for sure. They've done it over and over and over again. Uh, when you look at last year, what, four picks and, and one touchdown, whatever it was. And one more thing I wanted to ask you, Greg, because you watch the film and you know better than I. I just kind of watch the games as they go and keep notes. Nathaniel Hackett. There's a lot of talk about Hackett, like he, and not just because Sean Payton called him out before <laughs> the season kicked mm-hmm. off, but you know what happened in Denver last year. I have not been again layman guy here, but I have not been super impressed with Hackett without an elite quarterback. Uh, he had Rodgers obviously in Green Bay that helps. Denver, he it was just an atrocity last year, and yes, some of that is obviously Russell Wilson. He he looks like he's, if not washed, close. But what do you see from this Jets offense? Because I was reading some stuff this week from, from their side of things, and there seems to be some frustration from some of the people that cover this team with how Hackett is approaching things, even with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I can only go off of, you know, you know what I see on the film, especially, you know, I watched the, the, the film against the Cowboys. Um, mostly I was curious about how the Cowboys were able to be as productive as they were against the Jets offense, but I watched a little bit of the Jets offense and 
You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what a guy's supposed to do with with Zach Wilson. And I don't know what a guy's supposed to do with a cash Russell Wilson because I don't exactly think he's off to a flying start with Sean Payton um, in Denver no. this no. year as well. Um, you know, I, I know a little bit about Nathaniel from his time in Green Bay. I know that Rodgers swears by him. I'm a little bit dubious about that um, because sometimes Aaron just swears by people who, um, you know, affirm what he believes and, uh, you know, doesn't really challenge him that much. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, it, I, it's tough for me to, you know, similar to Bill O'Brien with the Patriots, it's tough for me to indict an offensive coordinator when, um, I mean, look, they're in similar places a little bit yeah. i mean like both of them have crappy offensive lines they can't run the ball both everybody knows they need to run the ball and be balanced at the least to have a real chance on offense i mean at least the jets have some weapons that they can use um as opposed to the patriots and so um and the other side of the coin is you know this this is this is aaron Rodgers. Offense. It was constructed for him by Nathaniel Hackett, his personal offensive coordinator. They brought in guys from Green Bay like Alan Lazard and and Randall Cobb to to put in the offense. And now it's Zach Wilson running that offense. And so, you know, it is it the most innovative thing in the world? No, but I just think it's it's tough to tell exactly where the fault lies um, with with all that's going on with the Jets up front and at the quarterback position. All of that is fair. All fair points made by you. All right, let's move to the other side of the football, Greg. Let's talk about this Patriots offense against this Jets defense again. It starts with the Jets defensive line and that matchup up front. Yeah, I'm just looking back to last year, a couple of notes on the two matchups with the Jets. Um, number one, uh, David Andrews did not play in the first matchup against the Jets, and he only, according to my stats, he only lasted 15 plays against the Jets in the second one, or he only, he only played 15. James Ferentz played a lot in both matchups, uh, which is never good, even though he was their best offensive lineman, according to my ratings, in both games. Um, the big issues, you know, we talk about you know, the, winning this game in the trenches, and, and the reason probably why those games were so close last year is because the Patriots got whooped on the offensive line last year against the Jets. If they got better play out of their offensive line, they probably win those games more comfortably. But you look at the first game, they gave up a pre – we were ragging on the Jets' offensive line. L listen to these numbers. First matchup, pressure percentage, 48.9%. The, <laughs> the run stuff percentage was 47%. Oh, my God. Uh, matchup, matchup number two, pressure rate, 35%. Still a lot. Stuff rate, 38%. Um, and, and you look at both matchups and, you know, I, Cole Strange was definitely down the list. I remember him just getting worked in these matchups. He gave up combined seven total quarterback pressures in, in both matchups, uh, a ton of run stuffs. He had a tough time. Michael Wenu did not do well in this matchup at all. Hopefully having David Andrews back, um, you know, full-time at center will help a lot of things. Trent Brown did okay uh, in both matchups, so you can feel good about that. Um, so, look, I'm scared to death of this matchup up front with the Patriots. They do not have a good history against these guys. They need to be a lot better. Uh, you know, 
a lot of people criticized Mac Jones in, in the two matchups last year. I remember looking back at the film and I wrote about this at the time that, you know, I thought, yes, there was the roughing the passer call um, on Jonathan Franklin Myers that overturned a pick six that probably would have ended the game. Uh, but I thought that Mac played well in both matchups. I mean, I had him, I could tell you like, <laughs> there's not a lot of plays to be made against this Jets defense when you're in this state for the Patriots. And like, you know, the, the, the first matchup last year, I had him for seven plus plays. The second matchup I had him for one plus play like there, you know, you'd like to get the double digits and that just tells you how tough the sledding is against this Jets offense. And, you know, look, you're hoping that Billy O'Brien makes a difference in all of that, whether it's, it's avoiding pressure, um, putting them in better running situations, allowing the quarterback to make a few more plays, but, uh, you know, it's it's going to start up front against this team, uh, you know, against the Jets as always. And, you know, it's a it's it's an unbelievably tough matchup. I mean, Quinton Williams is tr- tremendous. Jonathan yeah. Franklin Myers is one of my favorite players on film on the end. Uh, Jermaine Johnson is pretty good. I haven't even seen Will McDonald there. I think he was the 15th overall pick. I remember watching him in the preseason. He was awesome. Quinton Jefferson at defensive tackle is really good. The linebackers are awesome all three of them. And then you have, uh, you know, you have sauce Gardner, um, and he will be on the defense's left most of the time. Um, so that would be, you know, Kendrick Bourne or Juju Smith Schuster a lot of the time for the Patriots. And then it'll be DJ Reed against Devante Parker. That's sort of where teams go to make plays. Even though DJ Reed is good, you can make some plays against him. Um, but you know, look, the Patriots are going to have to find a way to run the ball and run it successfully. They have to, you know, considering the challenge this week and next week, like they can't wait any longer. Like these guys, Trent Brown has to play well. Cole Strange, David Andrews, Michael Wenu, whoever at right tackle, I would say maybe Vidarian Lowe, give him a chance after last week and, and how bad Calvin Anderson got whooped. Those guys, they got, they got killed against the Dolphins. And hopefully their film sessions were, you know, shameful. And it motivates them because they have to win this matchup or else the Patriots are going to lose this game. Yeah, three notes for you. Uh, that defensive line that Greg keeps talking about, and I, I know Greg isn't the biggest fan of the whole you know win rate and run-stop win rate and all that stuff, but the Jets are 12th in the NFL right now in, in run-stop win rate. And if you're looking at the Patriots' run game, we know they haven't been good. The, the Patriots' run-block win rate is 27th in the league. So – Looking at just an analytic like that tells you it could be a very, very tough situation for the Patriots run game again on Sunday. And if that's the case, we're talking one dimensional. We're talking about, you know, Mac having to try to carry this team and deal with pressure himself and all of those things. And with two good corners from the Jets and, you know, your lack of top tier talent on the outside. So that run game is going to be challenged, no doubt, yet again this weekend. Pro football focus uh, says, you know, the Jets zone has been very effective. They have the second highest grade from pro football focus when they talk about zone coverage. They don't deploy it as much as other teams, but when they play it, um, it's the second highest grade in the league. And, you know, PFF notes that the the Patriots wide receivers have not been very good against the zone. And, And really what interests me, too, is the strength versus strength, if and I think it's a significant if in this game, the way it's going to be played. 
but red zone. And it, it's going to be interesting. You Patriots, the one thing they've done really well offensively is, is finish drives when they get to the red zone. They, they've moved yep. the ball. They've got to the plus side of the field a bunch. They haven't finished a lot of those drives due to penalties, sacks, and turnovers. But when they've gotten into the red area, they're the fourth best red zone offense in the league with touchdown percentage. And as a matter of fact, if you look at the Patriots' touchdown percentage this year, which has them fourth, if you look back to last season, same exact percentage. If memory serves me correct, it's 71.43. Same exact percentage was number one in the NFL last year. So when they've gotten in the red zone, they have done really well. However, the Jets' red zone defense is seventh in the league. So that's why I think it's going to be pretty tough to score some points in this game because of all the reasons we're talking about. But that strength versus strength will be fascinating to see play out. Uh, check out BSJ, of course, 50 bucks a year. Bedard and Giardi, Mike Giardi, tag teaming on Patriots coverage. Best sources around to give you the most accurate reporting on your football team this season. I was watching Mike's video that he put up yesterday about some of the uh, errors that were made in that Dolphins game. Keon White losing the edge on one good run, for example. Some good stuff from Mike there. All right, let's get to the uh, let's get to the FanDuel line, Greg. Patriots are favored by two and a half. <laughs> and uh, FanDuel and Vegas, they're warning you, uh, if you like offensive football, this might not be the game for you. The over-under is 37. Greg, give it to us. What you got? It's like they're expecting them to throw rocks in this game. <laughs> um, I'm not 100% sure where I am on this game, but, like, look, I can't. It's hard for me to fathom a world where the Patriots are 0-3 in losing to Zach Wilson. I don't care if it's at New York and, and, you know, Bill Belichick losing to the Jets, who, you know, they have won 14 straight in this series. Uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, it's good. They're going to need their defense to dominate this game. They're going to need the offensive line, as we said, to do their part and, and make the Patriots a little bit more balanced. But I, I like – The Patriots find a way, and you know whether it's three points or seven points or ten points, uh, I somewhat like the Patriots in this game. (laughs) I don't know if it's the matchup. I don't know if it's you going overboard last week, and now you're getting a little hesitant on us. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Nick, that I mean that that shook my foundation. Like you know, I you know normally, as we talked about, normally when I have conviction about, I see an opponent on film where yeah. I'm like, well, this is right up the Patriots alley. This is what they're going to do. And then they don't do it. And maybe it's because they know they can't block at all at this point. And then they had a couple of guards who hadn't seen live action in a while. But I mean, you know, look, the Patriots just got, they got whooped up front. And, and I don't think the final score was anywhere close to how they were thoroughly dominated by the Dolphins in on both offense and defense. And, um, you know, I was shocked by it. I mean, it was good that they had a chance to stay in the game and possibly tie the game, and you know, who knows what happens. But um, that that was a game that I, I thought was in the Patriots' wheelhouse, and that that it wasn't um, has definitely le- left me a bit shaken about where this team is. Little PTMD, post traumatic Miami disorder. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the Patriots, and. I agree with a lot of what you said, obviously, throughout this podcast. It seems like you and I are back on the same page when looking at games and and, and trying to figure out what's going to happen in those games. It, it's 
I don't think this is going to be very aesthetically pleasing for anybody unless you really enjoy defensive football. I could see a number of sacks. I could see a few turnovers. I could see just a fist fight in a phone booth here. But I'll go Patriots, and I'll go under 37. I don't know, 16 to 9, somewhere in that area, in that region, somewhere. Pat 16, Jets 9. Zach Wilson will inevitably make some mistakes. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I am I'm confident about the Patriots' ability to win this game and, and do enough, especially against Zach Wilson. But it's a, it's a dangerous, scary game because if, you know, Mac dealing with pressure again can turn the ball over, if you don't get the run game going, this is the kind of game where one or two turnovers, it's a completely different game. So uh, we can almost guarantee Zach will turn it over at least once. It's will Mac or the Patriots turn it over, and then that's when it gets a little messy. But we both got the Patriots in a very likely ugly football game. Hopefully everybody uh, enjoys it as much as they can on Sunday. Now that we've talked it up, episode brought to you by FanDuel, exclusive wagering part of the CLNS Media Network. New customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. He's Greg. I'm Nick. We'll talk to you early next week. We'll wrap this one up. Jets, Patriots on Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff, which is nice. The game might not be that nice. What if there was an app that used AI and machine learning to suggest smart sports bets? There is and it's called Odds Are. It is a mobile app you need to know what bets of the day are smart ones. Download the app, sign up for an account, and let the latest data analysis guide you through today's point spreads, money lines, and over-unders. I just did it, it's easy. If you see green, that's a smart bet. If you see yellow, you're on your own. If you see red, don't do it. Odds Are doesn't take your bet, it makes you better at it. With Odds Are on your mobile phone, you're a tap away from making a smart play. It's smart betting made simple. Find Odds Are app in the App Store or on Google Play. Get a two free week trial. It's just 10 bucks a month after that. But hey, listen to that. That's for the usual people, the normal people. Listeners to this podcast, the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast, you actually get a special deal. Get your first 30 days of the app free. Just go to oddsr.com slash Bedard to download the app. That's oddsr.com slash Bedard. 30 days of smarter betting free. We'd call that a winning bet. The casinos and sportsbook want you to bet. Odds are wants you to win. Go get it.